there could be some really interesting opportunities if you were able to predict, for example, a person that was potentially thinking about leaving your organization. Yeah. Could you interject and do something about that if they're a top performer? So you could use data such as absences or their role-based KPIs or their engagement in learning and development. If you suddenly see that drop off, perhaps there's something to that and perhaps their line management could have a conversation and explore. So yeah, there's, I think, an awakening happening in HR around how we can begin to think about our employees. Welcome to the HR LND podcast, where we explore cutting edge HR trends and best practices with top leaders who are shaping the future of work. My name is Nick Day, and I'm founder of JGA Recruitment Group, a specialist HR search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized HR thought leader listed on Thinkers360. Together, we're going to dive into topics from diversity and inclusion to technology, learning curation and employee experience to help you evolve your people and your development strategies. So whether you're a flourishing HR executive, a rising manager or a seasoned CHRO who's driving transformation, this podcast is for you. So grab your coffee and let's play. Hello and welcome back to the HR L&D podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, specialist HR recruiters. And today I'm really excited to bring you a guest who's going to be talking all about data loss. More importantly, establishing a data exit strategy. Now, you may be wondering why that's relevant to me as an HR professional. Well, stay tuned. I'm going to tell you exactly why. This is absolutely something you should be considering, especially as we go through the Great Resignation. Today, I'm joined by um, Profusion's Chief Client Officer, Emily Curtin, now Profusion of a science consultancy whose clients have included the UK government, as well as the likes of Spoofix, Majestic Wines, Unilever, HSBC, First Direct, and more. Now, Emily is joining me on the HRD podcast to discuss exactly why it's essential that HR teams do introduce a data exit strategy. If it's something you haven't considered yet before, please start to do so because they're there to help safeguard you against the risk that can be associated with data loss. And let's be honest, the great resignation means we are experiencing highest ever levels of employee turnover. And that's happening not just in the UK, but throughout the world. So the reality is, with turnover, businesses are now at a greater risk than ever before of them losing valuable, sometimes mission-critical data when those employees leave. Now, one way HR teams can help stop this from happening is by introducing a data loss focus as part of a formalized exit interview process. So rather than me telling you all about that, I'm going to introduce you today to Emily Curtin from Perfusion, who's going to be telling us all about some simple steps HR teams can take to ensure that when employees do leave, the data doesn't go with them. So welcome, Emily, to the show. Thanks, Nick. Um, that was quite a welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, and yeah, hopefully we have some interesting information that we can share with your listeners. Absolutely. Well, let's get started. First question I ask all my guests is this. What do the words human resources mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, I think uh, HR is the third critical and important aspect to any successful transformation program. Um, so obviously I come from a world of technology, I come from a world of data, but ultimately you can have a fantastic technology strategy, you can have 
bleeding edge um, technology infrastructure and tech stack and you can have wonderful data. But if all of that is not backed up by the people with the skills, the know-how, the interest um, in how you actually get the most out of uh, your technology or data and your processes, then you're not going to get anywhere. Um, So for me, HR really represents that third and critical portion um, to successful transformation in close collaboration with technology and data priorities. Super. Well, great response to lead us into a conversation all about data loss and transformation and things that go with it. So let's let's set the scene and for the HR professionals listening to this. What let, uh, help me define what data loss is? Let's let's start from right at the basics. What is data loss from your perspective? Yeah. Uh, so data loss essentially um, at its most foundational level is when you lose information. Most commonly, when an employee leaves your organisation. Uh, So I'm sure most listeners have had this happen in some form, um, whether it's, you know, kind of before data was so uh, prominent in our organisations and it's just an employee leaving an organisation and actually taking a critical bit of information with them. That could be a password to get into a system. It could be you know, the name of a client that we want to go talk to. It could be email addresses. It could be anything at the most foundational level. And typically it's because that information is stored on an individual's device, if that's their laptop, their phone, and there's no procedure, process, methodology in place for you to capture that data centrally. And so when that employee leaves your organisation, that information leaves with them. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know as well. So unless you have a method to capture this on a regular basis, or even better if it's automated um, with backups and um, archives and things like that, then an employee could leave and something goes with them and you don't even know that that's happened. Um, So at its most basic level, it's data leaving an organization with an employee when they move on um, to somewhere else. And of course, now more than ever, that should be of interest to people because with the great resignation, people are moving, leaving, making career changes. And so um, the frequency of this happening has increased massively um, over the last couple of years. And of course, and often those people are going to be going to competitor brands as well, which might make it that little bit more sensitive. I think on, on that moment then, what are some of the risks? I mean, you mentioned passwords, which is something that would immediately set the alarm bells ringing. I've just thought of then going to competitor. What are some of the risks that you're seeing that people need to be more aware of in terms of protecting? Perhaps they've even thought about some of the risks being associated with data loss. Yeah, so I think probably the first thing to think about is you are losing critical information that could be important for your business to go about its everyday business. A password is a great and simple example. If you can no longer access information, perhaps a presentation or an Excel or one of your tools has been set with a password that you don't know and that password isn't shared. So that's like a really simple example. But much more worrying than that uh, would be when it's actually brand reputation that's being put on the line. Uh, so if you, and you touched on this, Nick, and kind of your how you asked that question, um, it becomes slightly more worrying when you think about someone 
leaving your organization with data that is intellectual property to your organization. Uh, so perhaps it's code um, for a developer, perhaps it's a methodology, a way that you do things with clients or a way that you do things within your organization and they leave with that on their computers or on their phones. And even worse, if it's actually intellectual property of your client, and that's when you get into really kind of scary space, um, as you said, particularly if they're going to competitor, yeah. they're taking those ideas with them. And that could that could be a really big problem for brand reputation. And particularly when all eyes are on data right now, um, it could even mean, you know, legal consequences. So, I mean, we've, we've touched upon some of the reasons why this is a really big issue for now. Great resignation, the great awakening, whatever you want to call it, being one of those. There's a huge amount of employees leaving businesses, going to competitors. You know, it's an, it's an employee-led market at the moment. But I would argue that even pre-pandemic, because that's obviously post-pandemic kind of the great resignation piece, that actually it's more critical now anyway. There's other issues that are coming in that's, that's kind of made data. They, they, they now say data is the most valuable commodity in the world, right? So, why is it such a big issue now beyond just things like the Great Resignation? Because it's bigger than that. Yes, you're absolutely right. So if we take the Great Resignation out of the equation, which has made the problem worse and it's put it at the forefront of everyone's minds, but even before that, it was very important because we are now in a digital world. And so just the sheer abundance of data, there's more of it. And yeah. so there is an increasing problem um, that we need to address and we need to address quickly. And it's increasingly portable as well. So in the traditional world, you know, you, would, you wouldn't have employees walking out of your office with devices that have that information on it. So that's, you know, your first line of defense is that your information is kept within yeah. the four walls of your organization. But now we have laptops and we have phones and um, we are now more willing for our employees to work flexibly. So we have people, you know, working from different countries. We have people working from home and that just decreases our control of that data because they have it in their own homes and on their own devices. And, you know, often there is an intention there around taking it away from the organization, but it just increases your risk profile. And okay. um, yeah, and then that whole situation is just made worse by the great resignation, the employee turnover, etc. So you're absolutely right. It was already a big issue. And now we're in living in a world where it's become an even greater issue. You mentioned the four walls there. I mean, everyone can remember the time, or most people can remember the time, where everything was in filing cabinets, locked, you leave the <laughs> office, everything's behind, right? And you know, mobile phones didn't hold more than 10 messages at a time. So you had to delete one to let the next one in. We're well <laughs> past those days. We're now in a world where actually we don't even have four walls. We're working remotely a lot of the time across borders, as you mentioned. So let's get to the crux. What can HR teams do then to help protect themselves better against this, this data loss risk? Yes. So the first and most critical step would be to build a relationship and work very closely with IT. So IT are really the partners to HR in all of this, and they can help HR to ensure good data management, governance, whether that's defining processes and tools. As I mentioned earlier, even better if you can automate these processes. So a lot of companies now have automated backups where your company is 
backing up all the data from your device into a central repository on a daily, weekly basis. And, you know, archives as well. I think most of us now have email inboxes that are automatically archiving older emails so that you just don't have so much data readily available on your laptops. So I would say, first thing, work very closely with IT. The second thing, which I think HR plays a critical role in, is actually upskilling employees. So HR have so many connectivity points with the employee base already where this could really be weaved through as a, another learning opportunity. So how do we upskill our employees on appropriate ways to store data so that it doesn't actually end up on their individual devices in the first place? It should always be being held in the cloud. It's not on hard drives, etc. So let's just not create the problem yeah. from the, from the get go. And then, and then that really helps. Um, and then I think the third thing would be building this into existing HR processes. So whether that's onboarding, upskilling folks through that journey, but also I guess your last line of defense is your exit interviews and ensuring that through those exit interviews as employees look to leave your organization you are using that opportunity to remind them of their obligations around data security remind them what is considered intellectual property because sometimes people innocently may take something with them not realizing that actually the impact they're having so a bit of re-education And yeah, using that as your last line of defense as that employee is about to leave, uh, use that as a final check to make sure that you're not getting yourself into a sticky situation um, and potentially going to lose some of that data. Presumably, and I'm making an assumption here, it may be worth a lot of HR departments then revising or having a a relook at the existing contracts in play and potentially updating them as you say data the world of technology has moved so fast the way we're storing things the way that we're working it could be that a lot of employment contracts need a little bit of an amendment to make sure that they are protected before they remind them nothing worse than an exit interview looking at your contracts and going ah we haven't really got anything in play at the minute but i don't know how common that is i mean you'd you'd know more Is, is it is it quite common that businesses you work with some huge names actually aren't quite ready for some of these changes yet they do need to make some 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 adjustments yes i would be surprised if a company don't have anything around data protection in their employee contracts at the moment but it certainly could happen i would say that most of the big brands we work with are starting to go on that journey um and i would say that the functions that are more data savvy such as our commercial functions around sales and marketing are perhaps a little bit further down the line but we're certainly seeing an awakening around those support functions um, HR in particular starting to realize the potential risk they have around data um, but also moving slightly away from data loss um, the actual opportunity that HR have around data as well so I listened to some of your previous um, episodes um, with other um, other interviewees and um, a few people mentioned, you know, diversity and inclusion and the role that HR and data can play in that. So I would say we're certainly seeing an awakening in HR. I would say typically they're a little bit behind their colleagues in some of the commercial functions where um, data has been 
used for a little bit longer and it's a little bit better understood. Are you able to give a, a case in point or a, a, an example of where you've worked with a client and, and the kind of project work that you'd be involved in where you've caught, you've gone in and you've realized X, Y, and Z were actually needed updating or needed changing or needed some training on what kind of, what kind of work have you been involved in recently? And how does that change? Yeah. Um, so I can give some examples around the work that we are starting to do with HR. Um, there's some really interesting opportunities um, I think that your like listeners may be interested in the one of the things our clients to come are coming to us with at the moment is how they can use data to create a more transparent and fair workplace nice Um, so yeah how we can use data to challenge current HR processes such as recruitment succession planning performance management and just to bring that to life a little bit, what that could look like is you could run your performance management process as you've always done it, run your recruitment process as you've always done it, but then also run a data model next to that, which looks at your diversity and inclusion stats, looks at the people that you're putting forward for promotion, looks at the outcomes that you're coming out with through your traditional HR processes and actually begins to challenge your diversity and inclusion stats um, against your traditional methods of doing that. And it's not to say that we would suggest removing the human and instead just let the machine (laughs) tell you what you should do. But it's a really useful challenge, I think, to the way that HR do things in a traditional model. And it's just an interesting insight to be challenged on, you know, perhaps your human-led processes are actually building bias and building um, against your diversity um, initiatives and you don't even realise it. So it's just a really interesting um, challenge. And then I think the second one is how HR can begin to think about their employees a little bit like how a marketing function thinks about their customers. So to bring that to life a little bit, uh, we are all very familiar now being on the receiving end of marketing that is very targeted. So whether you're on social media and you're getting an ad that's been served to you and you were just talking to someone about that in a WhatsApp group, which is slightly scary, or if you get an email from a brand that you love and it's filled with products that you enjoy and you might go on to buy, I think that is now a very familiar journey for a lot of us. But what could be very interesting and something that our clients are starting to explore with us is how can we take some of those learnings from the marketing world and apply that to our employees? Because really, we are looking to identify, attract, retain our employees. And that's exactly what marketing colleagues are doing with customers. So I know that there is a lot of sensitivity around HR data and there's a lot of trust that we have to build up but there could be some really interesting opportunities if you were able to predict for example a person that was potentially thinking about leaving your organization yeah could you interject and do something about that if they're a top performer so you could use data such as absences or their role-based KPIs or their engagement in learning and development if you suddenly see that drop off perhaps there's something to that and perhaps their line management could have a 
conversation and explore. So yeah, there's I think an awakening happening in HR around how we can begin to think about our employees a little bit differently and how we yeah. could nurture them in a way that a lot of brands nurture their customers, which is a really interesting space. Have you ever asked yourself, how can any recruiter understand my HR recruitment challenges? Please don't give up on your hiring challenges just yet. Here at JGA HR Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top human resources talent. We also understand just how costly a poor hire can be. JGA HR Recruitment would like to partner with you to help you overcome your hiring challenges. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. You definitely emphasize the importance of, sort of challenging the integrity of the data and what the data is telling us and what some of the stories that can come out of that. Sometimes we're just over reliant on seeing just the, the singular response of what data gives us. But actually, if you go into the detail, you can really find, particularly you mentioned diversity and inclusion, give you some really mm. interesting data stats coming out of the back of that. I was going to ask you actually, are there things that employers can do to help identify? who may be at risk of leaving, but it sounds like you've kind of half covered that already in, in, your, in your previous response. But if I take that then a level further instead and, and go down the uh, retention route, I mean, we know mm. as recruiters, it's, it can be really expensive for brands to replace a member of staff, not just, and I don't really just refer to the recruitment fees here, that's a small element really, it's, it's replacing that knowledge, that expertise and all the things that go with it. So if a brand can retain their employees better and attract mm-hmm. employees at the same time, it's a win-win situation. Um, are there things that businesses therefore that can do to help A, mitigate the risks of someone leaving? And you've touched upon that in terms of identifying who these people might be being number one. But are there other ways they can also do to use that data to help improve their retention and engagement um, capabilities, I guess? Yes. So I think using data for something like recruitment, I would say is an area that everyone is very familiar with and it's becoming more commonplace so you know just very simple things like picking out um keywords and cvs and cover letters and kind of sifting through um you know the abundance of applications that you might get so people are getting more used to technology in the world of recruitment um, and that's kind of becoming more commonplace so i think it's about how do we apply that to the employee base that's actually within your organization um, and it would be about, I think the the ultimate goal there is identifying who are the people that are going to be, are going to drive your success forward as an organization in the future. And data science is really about using the past to predict the future. So if there's a way that you can identify trends in Uh, people that excel in your organization then perhaps you can identify people that are coming through the door people that are coming through the ranks and help to position them for future leadership positions so that you are not only retaining your employees but also retaining the people that you really want to retain and you're being more targeted in your approach as well. I think something I thought that was really interesting at the Perfusion website, and I'll, I'll link in the show notes for those interested. There's loads of different places you can go within the Perfusion site. It's worth looking at some great case studies on there as well. But some of what was really interesting is you 
you do some marketing automation work for looking at data for uh, for customer responses. So, you know, I'm a brand that's got a number of customers. You'll do some, uh, you do a lot of work looking at how to retain those customers, why they're retained, what their engagement stats are. But actually, you've taken it, in my view, a level further because you've thought, well, actually, loads of clients are doing this with their customers, but very few are actually doing it with their own employees. But it makes total sense. Start with your employees first with almost the same process, albeit slightly rewritten. But yet so many brands seem to focus first on the the client win, the external, Mm -hmm. at the expense or the forgetting a little bit about the internal. So how have you, with some of the work that you've been doing at Perfusion on that side, what what have been some of the insights you've discovered? How has that worked? What have have companies uh, discovered on the back of that kind of work? I would say the the world of using those tactics with your employee base is emerging still and I think the reason for that is because people are a little bit nervous around the sensitivity that might be associated with HR data so we know that people can be hesitant to provide information about themselves um, whether that's gender whether that's you know um, race heritage etc we know that there's some hesitancy there um, and I believe that hold, holds people back from really exploring this area. But we've actually done some research recently that's going to be published in the next couple of weeks that says that people are more confident giving that data if they clearly understand how it's going to be used. Sure. And so we are starting to break the back of that and starting to um, you know, have clients that are more encouraged to go down that route um, and are seeing results from that. So, um, you know, even even really simple and engaging um, ways to start could be um, one of our clients came to us and said, we're looking to think about a way that we can engage our employees now that we're all working from home and we can't talk to each other and see each other in the office. We would like to encourage people to keep socializing, keep networking. One of the things we built for them, which was just a bit of fun, um, but we took what we knew about their employees. We built a coffee roulette. So essentially, um, you know, based on what we know about your employees, their interests, the learning and development opportunities they take up or don't take up, the function they sit in, the skills and capabilities they have who can we pair them up with to have a coffee? And just little simple things like that, I think, are a nice way to dip a toe into an area that potentially people are a little bit more hesitant to get into um and yeah we're we're now in a world where we are I would say getting more comfortable with personalization in our customer experiences so there's no reason why we could not do that for RHR um for For our employees yeah, no, that make, well, makes total sense to me. I can absolutely see that being uh, being something that's going to come in. It's going to emerge as we go through. So if, mm. if I'm an HR leader then listening to this now and I wanted to leave this audio, leave this podcast with a plan of attack, I want to improve the risks associated with data loss, with people leaving the business and the risks we've talked about today, what would be your first recommended steps that that HR professional went away from this audio and started to take? Yes, so... I would say this is data loss and the conversation that we had around improving employee engagement, retention, et cetera, is part of a much wider conversation around data and the importance of organizations in recognizing and understanding its value. And even though we've made progress in areas, data is still an area that's really overlooked 
And I believe the first step would be to really have a think about the level of data literacy within your organization. I think awareness and understanding is really the first step. Um, We actually did a bit of research um, a few months ago that said CEOs typically have the least level of understanding of data compared (laughs) to their leadership teams and their managers. Um, And then amongst the leadership team and the managers, again, data literacy is typically quite low. And it tends to be kind of the more junior employees that are coming through studying data science, data engineering at university who are a little bit more savvy. So I would say the very first step is understanding and baselining your data literacy to see how big of a problem you are looking to address. And I think understanding the uh, ability for your organization to be able to handle data in a secure and safe way can only start if you actually have that base level understanding of data and what it could mean for your organization. Yeah, I remember right at the start of this show, you mentioned as well, you know, one of the first things you would do is build that relationship with the IT teams, you know, mm-hmm. at the minute, you know, it's not necessarily something that we always think about the, the closeness between HR and IT, but perhaps that's something that actually now you really highlight the importance of to one of the ways we can build that relationship and build that collaboration is talking about data loss and how HR and IT can work together to mitigate some of those risks. You mentioned as well, you know, the, the importance of exit interviews. So mm-hmm. I wonder if you could just quickly recap on some of the contractual obligations potentially a company may want to consider when protecting against data loss, things they might want to highlight to an employee potentially if they were going through an exit interview? Yes. Uh, so I guess something that you could implement tomorrow, um, if this is something that you've heard and it's filled you with fear and dread, um, <laughs> which isn't the intention. Hopefully, you know, we put people on a positive path um, to address this, but something you could implement tomorrow is to actually take a look at your uh, contracts that you have with your employees, ensure you have clauses in there around a definition of of intellectual property and their obligation around storing that safely and securely while they are part of your organization, but also ensuring they understand their obligations as they leave your organization and, you know, what they can and cannot take with them. And then if that isn't in your contracts already, then your next port of call would be to interject that into your exit interviews. Um, Sometimes a verbal reminder is all people need um, to ensure that they're not doing something wrong because most of the time um, an employee is not looking to do the wrong thing. Um, It again comes back down to understanding and awareness and just making sure that people recognize your expectations and your standards when it comes to data. One thing it does highlight, it's just coming to me now, you mentioned earlier on in the show about, you know, potential employee leaves innocently, they've gone away with a password to an Excel spreadsheet. Now no one can access and that employee is not answering calls or whatever it is. You can't access it for whatever reason. what, What typically would be the protocol you'd recommend a business took for things like passwords? Because we know that if you have the same password for everything, well, that's dangerous because you can have outside attacks that can get your password and utilize it. You've got, well, if it's individuals, individuals tend to use passwords associated with their own lives, whether even they're using uh-huh. work-based Excel spreadsheets, they might put their address or their birthday or whatever on it. Is there a protocol you'd recommend for when it comes to passwording things, which you want them to be secure internally, but at the same time, if that person does leave, you want to make sure you've got access to it. What would be a, a good policy or process for overcoming that kind of password issue? 
Yeah, so I'd say first thing to do is talk to your IT to understand exactly what their recommendation is on that, um, because I'm sure they they already have things have in mind. I know that yeah. we, you know, we all have to have passwords that are 24 characters long with 15 special um, special you know characters and things like that, which makes things tricky. But yeah, I would say talk to your IT and figure out um, their recommendation. But then the recommendation we most commonly hear is to use some of the technology that's out there um so things like key pass um there's also some cloud-based solutions etc where your passwords are not actually stored on your computer or in your mind or in your notebook but they're actually stored um in a secure location so they can be inputted um automatically rather than each individual holding that information presumably when someone leaves that key pass is accessed centrally by the yeah. IT director, whatever, and they all, yeah, that kind of makes total sense. I was just, it was a question I should probably implement in my own business that I had just occurred <laughs> to me as you were talking through. Um, so if people were interested in learning more about this, Emily, they want to find out, um, you know, about some of the services Perfusion provide, you know, they want to get involved with you guys about improving their own uh, data loss or all other services you provide as well. Tell us a little bit about what Perfusion do and also where people can uh, connect with you guys. Yeah, so Perfusion are a professional services firm who specialize in data. And our goal is to partner with our clients to solve their business challenges with smart data-led solutions. That could be uh, accelerating revenue growth, um, working with sales and marketing effectiveness for HR. It could be creating a more transparent and fair workplace, um, or it could be supporting, retaining and engaging your employees, um, particularly in the era of the great resignation. Um, So we help to come up with solutions that are data led to overcome those challenges, working with the leadership teams and C-suite of clients. Um, So to work with us, um, as you mentioned previously, visit our website, um, see the work that we do um, across our clients and um, we're a pretty diverse bunch um, of um, people with fantastic capability in data science and engineering. We also do strategy work and a big part of what we do. And this is something that I'm particularly passionate about um, is our data academy. So um, you asked me at the beginning of this, um, what does HR mean to me? And I said that it's, uh, you know, the third critical part of transformation along with technology and data. We need people for our transformations to be successful and uh, we believe that at Profusion and that's something that we're really passionate about so one of the things we have is a data academy which is a learning environment and we do bespoke courses uh, we do you know things that are tailored for your organization to build up data literacy at all levels of the organization so that could be your CEO um, through to you know your most junior folks so yeah, visit the website, reach out and um, also look out on LinkedIn and other social media because we've just done a bunch of research specifically around HR um, and we're going to be launching that in the next couple of weeks. So this was a very timely conversation. Amazing. If you want to find out more, the link will be in the show notes. It's perfusion.com. And there are some really good case studies as well as one on there with HSBC, one with Majestic Wines. So if you have a moment, your HR or LND professional listen to this and you want to find out more, have a look because it's not just about data loss. Although that's been you know, what we focused on today. I mean, there's a whole host of services around data, data science that Perfusion offer, and it's well worth giving it a look. I will also put the links to your LinkedIn 
um, page, Emily, and the uh, company uh, Perfusion LinkedIn page as well, um, as well as links to various uh, Perfusion sort of social channels for those interested. Uh, just to say, Emily, huge thank you for joining me today to talk about data loss. It's absolutely relevant right now. I know as a recruiter, I've never seen more people move or this market be more vibrant than it is right now. It's a great day to time to be in recruitment for me. It's not necessarily a great time for HR professionals trying to handle this data loss uh, issue. So thank you ever so much for joining me to talk about it in such detail today. I really appreciate it. And of course, if you are an HR or L&D professional listening to the show and you do need support because of the great resignation with an HR-related vacancy, you do get in touch with either myself or any of my team, you can access us at www.jgarecruitment.com and those links will also be in the show notes. So just leaves me say another huge thank you to Emily Curtin for joining me today from Perfusion. Um, and it's been a, a fascinating whistle-stop tour into the world of uh, data loss. And um, I hope it's been really useful for those listening. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Nick. That's it for today's episode of the HR LD podcast. I hope you found this discussion informative and thought-provoking and that it gave you actionable insights to help you drive your HR agenda forward. Please remember to subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And I'd also love to hear from you. So if you enjoyed this show, please do leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback helps me to ensure I can continue to bring you the topics and guests that matter most to you. Oh, and don't forget to share this show with your colleagues and fellow HR leaders as well. The more we spread the word, the more we can grow our community of HR professionals who I know are all as dedicated to driving the future of work forward as I am. Thanks, of course, for tuning in. My name is Nick Gay. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. It would be great to get connected. In the meantime, I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the HR L&D podcast real soon.